Welcome to Gross Anatomy. Are we live, Lauren Taylor? We are live with Gross Anatomy Podcast, where we explore the sights, smells, and sounds of medicine as it pertains to pop culture, meaning books, movies, TV, and the world around us. And I'm Dr. Jason Cohen. Yes, I am. I interrupted you. And you are? I am Dr. Jason Cohen. (laughs) And you are? And I am Lauren Taylor, and we're excited to be with you on Gross Anatomy Podcast, another edition in November, this November 2022. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say we're in the midst of November. Yeah, and your mustache, goatee, beard, whatever you call it, looks good. I'm rocking it. Yeah. It's pretty gray, though. It's pretty white. Did that surprise you? <laughs> yeah. Although if I went with just a mustache, it wouldn't be too bad. But it's it's the beard that gives me all the white. That is interesting. It is interesting how that is. We age cool. from the bottom up, maybe? I don't know. Is that what that means? Yeah. Your your feet are the first to go. Starting from the bottom up. Going from the bottom up. Isn't that a song? It sounds like it. It sounds like a hit based on your singing. I think it's like a Drake. I think it's like a Drake song. Started from the bottom. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yeah, and there nice. you go. Yeah, that's Drake that got culture. that. He he got it from me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So you did you have a late night shift last night? No, you know I'm on call this weekend, but it was also my daughter's engagement party. Woof. So I rounded really early yesterday and was out of the hospital fairly early so that I could go to the engagement party, but I was on call. So it was very unrelaxing and very uptighting for me. I was very uptight during the whole party. Hopefully people didn't realize that, but everybody else was drinking and having a blast and I was having water and being uptight. But, uh, you know, and, and I got one, I got one page only during the entire thing and I got all uptight and I went out, answered the page. And it's one of the best calls that you could ever get, which was a patient looking for a totally different doctor. And somehow they had gotten my, our (laughs) info and called us. And I was like, I was just so nice to the guy. I was like, uh, you know, because I was so happy. It wasn't for me. I'm like, no, you need to hang up and call da-da-da and da-da-da and da-da-da. That was my only call. So it was a pretty good, it was a good night. Yeah, that I mean, I don't think people realize that doctors can't often party. We can't. We don't have a right to party, <laughs> even though we got a fight for that right to party. But we don't. This weekend, I did not. I do not have a right to party. But it was. It was a nice. It was a nice event, and I think my kid was really, really happy, and it was nice seeing everyone who was there. Um. So so it was great. It was great. It was great, and it, and I think it worked out really, really nicely. Yes, I'm very happy for her. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. She hasn't settled on a wedding date yet. No, believe it or not, they have settled on a wedding date. It is September 2024. Almost. It's uh, 22 months from now. Okay, it'll go by faster than you think. Whatever Europe. That's true. She's getting married in Europe. Everybody's invited. Welcome. Join us in Europe, everybody. She's in getting Italy? married in Italy. Yeah, exactly. That's the extent of what I'm telling everybody because I don't want people showing up. As it is, it's going to be crazy. Well, speaking of Italy, we usually do pop culture, what we're watching at the end, but this is a nice segue. Are you watching the latest White Lotus season two? No, I haven't started it. How are you? 
Yes, and it's in Italy. Well, it's in Sicily. But Sicily, yeah. Gorgeous. And Christopher from The Sopranos is in it. And I haven't seen Ooh. him in a long time. And it's great. He's Christopher great. Malto Santo or whatever his last Malto name Santi. is. Yeah, yeah, he's perfect. And who's the other person? You said he and who? Um, F.J. Abrams plays his dad. Um, ah. F. Murray Abrams. Wait, F. That? Murray Abrams. Yeah. F. Murray Abrams. Yes, that's what I meant. He no. plays a lot of different roles, that guy. He's pretty versatile. Yeah, yeah. He's great. Mm-hmm. And he's great as his father. And uh, I think you'd like it. Oh, okay. All right. There's just so much stuff, you know. So it, right now we're watching 1883. Was, uh, is that James Franco? No, it's the prequel to oh, Yellowstone. Yeah. I keep forgetting. Okay. How are you liking that? We're liking it. We're enjoying it. Really liking it. What about okay. you? Is that you're watching White Lotus? Yeah, we're watching White Lotus. That comes on Sundays. But I did see it on Amazon Prime. Emily Blunt, who I really like, is in a Western on Amazon Prime. So I might check out that series. Westerns are the new thing. They are. They're very popular right now. Exactly. Thanks to Kevin Costner. Always thanks to Kevin. Always give thanks to Kevin Costner. Just throw exactly. that out. <laughs> Have you ever been on a horse? Yes. Are you That's- a horseback rider? I think we've had this conversation. No, I don't think we have. I have tried, and it is harder than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not kidding. My wife is a big horseback rider, grew up on horseback, loves horseback. And my youngest daughter really likes it, too. And I went once for the first time when we were in Africa on safari. We did a horseback riding safari, which is very going on a horse in Africa, in Kenya, is probably very different than going horseback riding in the States. Because basically it was some guy going, here's your horse, get up on it and go. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, and it was, and we're riding through anywhere and everything, and there are animals around us, and it was fun, but I was pretty scared, and and uh, but it was, uh, I feel like I'm happy I did it, but I'm one and done now. That's I've been there, done that. Don't need to do it again. Yeah, I'd be afraid something would spook the horse too. Another, yeah, another thing about me is like I'm always scared to like hurt animals. So I, you know, you're supposed to like kick the horse or like you know, I couldn't do it. I like felt bad. I don't know, weird. Yeah. Yeah. And there you go. There you go. But today we are talking about men's health. So we thought we would bring up a few men who ignored what their doctors, their doctor's advice or a doctor's advice two very famous men to tell you not, you know, we wouldn't recommend doing the same thing like Steve Jobs, who Steve Jobs, mm -hmm, one of the Mm -hmm. most famous ones who did not follow his doctor's advice to get medical treatment instead he was too i think he was too afraid to be opened up which i'm sure like a lot of patients are scared to have surgery like obviously yeah well i think steve jobs is an example of sometimes the thing that killed steve jobs was the fact that he's was too smart and and i think and i see we see that a lot you know smart people sometimes are too smart for their own good Mm-hmm. And they kind of, you know, think all of a sudden I could do all the research. I could find out everything and I could kind of dictate my own care. Right. And and because of that, he was really too smart for his own good. And it's example of, you know, sometimes being the smart, you could be like the smartest idiot in the world. And, and he basically was. And if he hadn't been such a smart guy, 
he'd maybe still be alive, which is pretty nuts. Right. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. You could. I mean, who knows? I'm not him. Obviously, and I don't want to speak for him, but maybe he thought he was smarter than his doctors. It's a possibility. But Walter Isaacson, who wrote his biography, said that for nine months he refused to undergo surgery for his pancreatic cancer, and that he later regretted that decision, which yeah. of course he did. And that he said, Isaacson said that Jobs told him because um, he asked why he didn't get an operation earlier. And he said, I didn't want my body to be opened. I didn't want it to be violated in that way. Right. Which I feel like I've read about for all the shows that we've done is usually people for like religious reasons don't want it. But he didn't have that. He just didn't want it to happen, I guess. Or was scared. Well, I'm sure I- he was just scared. It's a way of saying he was scared. He's definitely scared, but I also think he thought that he could figure out alternative ways to cure himself, I think, too. Well, that's you know, I think, true. Yeah, yeah, I think he found, you know, oh, there's this. I could do better doing my own way and cure myself. And and I think that's we, we see that all too often with certain and I'm a big fan of alternative medicine and I'm a big fan of experimental medicine and I'm a big fan of holistic medicine and I'm a big fan of taking everything and using everything but i but i think sometimes we people are our own worst enemies when it's you know sometimes when it comes to taking care of ourselves right yeah he's he looked for alternative treatments i guess for those nine months and some doctors think that that probably killed him so yeah um, who and, knows? and in his case you know he had a you know pancreatic cancer isn't good no matter what kind you have right. But the kind he had is is typically a, a less aggressive form, usually more treatable, more curable. Um, and so certainly, and, and even when it's later staged, you could often have palliative treatments that allow you to have good quality of life, but you're living with the disease, you know, mm-hmm. and and he kind of waited too long, too late and too long. And, and I think. By the time he finally came around, it, it was a little bit too late. Right. So men's health. Yeah. Go to a doctor. If something's not right. Go to a doctor. Listen to, to your a doctor. doctor. If you don't like that yeah. doctor, see another doctor. But listen to right. a doctor. Right. And but sometimes um, like like I have a patient. It's funny. I, I saw a patient uh, a couple of weeks ago and I talked to the patient's daughter and they're like, oh, yeah, we're going across the country for another opinion. And I, I said, okay, I think it's great for you to go get other opinions. Um, do it for sure. I said, I, I'm not sure if you need to go across the country to go get this particular opinion. I, I said, there are probably some decent people closer to home, but you, you know, you do what you need to do. You know, it, it's, it's an, it's to me, it's another case of too much information out there, and, mm-hmm. and. You know, we we talk about often when we're operating on someone. I, I still remember there was a transplant surgeon I was operating with, and he goes, Jason, his name is Nabil Sumrani. I don't know if he's still around. Really great guy, really good surgeon. And and I was a junior resident, and we're operating, and he goes, Jason, what's the enemy of good? And I'm like, uh, it was the first time I heard it. So I didn't know the answer. And he goes, better. Because a lot of times... When we're up, when we're doing surgery, when we're doing medicine, good is good. Good is great. You know, mm-hmm. what's the, you know, to try to improve good um, sometimes gets you into trouble. Sometimes all you really need is good. And, you know, whether and specifically it's like you put you're sewing someone up 
and you put in this stitch, you know, to close something. And it's good. The edges are together. It's great. Could you have maybe gotten another nice stitch a little bit prettier? Maybe. And the problem happens is when you try to put that other stitch in and now it rips, you know, and now you're dealing with bleeding. And that's clearly the enemy of good is better. And and this is a case of that a little bit. Yeah. And some patients, I'm sure, just have a hard time accepting it. Like they said Jobs was fascinated by Eastern mysticism in his youth. And he believed in alternative herbal treatments, which we've talked about is like, yeah, if you combine things, but obviously if you need surgery, you have to have surgery. And I think a lot of what he did was great. But I think the problem in his case is he should have done it with standard medicine. And, yeah. and then I think he would have been healthier, happier and everything. Now, there's a different story when you're at the end of all your options and nothing's left and you've tried everything. Then go for it. Then then try, you know, go out there. But but um, but he hadn't tried any of the standard stuff and and ignored the standard treatments. So, yeah. So that's just a reminder to go get checked. Listen to your doctor. Another one is, of course, the most other famous case is Bob Marley. Like those are the two. Couldn't find instances of any other celebrity. But Bob Marley, he was diagnosed with you tell me how to say this acryl lentiginous melanoma he had melanoma yeah yeah okay (laughs) he had one um it's still not that common he had it on his toe Mm -hmm. yeah so he thought it was related to a soccer injury but then when they found out they were like you know we need to remove your toe and some people said it was because he was a rastafarian it was like against his belief to be opened up but i don't know if there's truth i don't know what the truth is I think he he also said that he still wanted to perform. He didn't want, you know, to lose a toe. And then it spread to his brain, which is crazy that it can do that. Yeah. Melanoma is one of those crazy cancers that um, could spread pretty wide and and pretty quick. Um, And the kind of melanoma he had is, is one of those weird ones. It's called subungal melanoma, which happens like in the nail bed. Where I'm, I, I think it was a subungal, but and often it kind of looks like like a blood blister in your in your nail bed, um, or you could get it on just a toe. And often people who get it on their toes or finger, you could get it on your finger on your toes. Often they think, oh, it's you know I hurt myself. It's just a healing bruise. And you know one of the skin check things that dermatologists or skin uh, docs know is. You look at the nail beds, you look at the fingers, you look at the toes, you know, because that's sometimes where these rare forms of melanoma could start, which if dealt with, you know, right away are pretty treatable and curable. Unfortunately, it might mean you lose part of your toe, but it's definitely better than allowing it to possibly start spreading. Right. So, yeah, get that stuff taken care of right away, because obviously, I mean, it spread fast, killed them. Yeah, within a few years. Yeah. I had a patient, I don't know where it started, but a patient who's, a, by the time I saw the patient, their entire leg, it had, was, and it crept up their whole abdominal wall was basically, and melanoma is a pigmented, you know, black or green or sometimes even blue looking cancer. And basically their whole leg was just one big up to their, like part of their abdomen and waist was one big ball of melanoma. It was, it was crazy. I, and even if that were the only disease, the only way we would have cured that patient was to remove half their body. Uh, and I remember we even discussed it at, at, when we saw that patient. We're like, should we consider removing 
half mm-hmm. that, you know, basically doing a hemicorpectomy, which mm-hmm. means cutting off their lower body. Um, you know, it, it was more of an academic discussion. But I think the same thing had happened with that patient as they had something and kind of let it go. Right. So this, yeah. these are good warnings for people. I think we're scaring people. I think it's good. It's November, men's health. Take care of yourself. Go to a doctor. Go to a doctor. And there you go. Movember. Get checked up for all the things you're supposed to get checked out for. We started November with Mariano filming me getting my colonoscopy. Yes, that's very important. That's one yeah. of the checks. Yes, exactly. And and Mariano got a front seat to uh, to my colonoscopy. He, he made it into the OR with us, and and it was a uh, I think it was a fun adventure for him, and and hopefully the people who watched it on our social media on our instagram were entertained as well did we put it on our youtube or no no we didn't i was just thinking i need to get that from him get it from him we we should definitely put that on our youtube my yes. my colonoscopy for november yes okay we will do that yeah speaking of getting checked this is something i don't know that i want to get checked for i don't i don't know if it's part of november getting checked or not but chris hemsworth he was in the news recently because he's taking a bit of a break because he got some bad news about a test. I think it's a test that you've done to see if you have the Alzheimer's gene. Is that correct? Yeah. The APOE gene. The APOE gene, right? Is that the gene he tested yeah. for? Uh, yes. And apparently his makeup includes two copies of the gene APOE4, one from his mother and the other from his father which studies have linked to an increased risk of Alzheimer's disease. One in, pe- one in four people carry a single copy of the gene, but only 2 to 3% of the population have both, according to a 21, 2021 study by the National Institutes of Health. So I guess that increases his risk by like, I think at least 8%, 8 to 10% more than other people. He has both genes? He is from yes. his mother and his father? Wow. Yeah, so it says only two to three percent of the population have both, but I mean that still doesn't mean he's going to have it. It's not like no, a, it doesn't mean he's definitely at an increased risk, but it doesn't mean it. And and people could get Alzheimer's or dementia without necessarily having that gene, uh, but it's it's certainly worth checking that. Um, but that's what I mean. Is it worth checking it, knowing that you might not get it? Any like, isn't that just like more worry? I don't know. I mean, people, yeah, do what they want to do. I guess it's a personal thing for me. I don't know if I could handle it. I think it's a personal choice. And and some people become very proactive when they find out certain things. And they, um, you know, there there are there is one guru of uh, Alzheimer's dementia. He's an, L- I think he's a UCLA-based guy, an LA-based guy who, you know, has this whole method of, either slowing down and maybe even reversing dementia, whether it's Alzheimer's as well. And it's a pretty strict regimen of vitamins and, and lifestyle modification. But, you know, based on what he says, he, he has successes. And I, and I read his book. It's quite boring and I'm blanking on his name. Um, did do you know who I'm talking about? I feel like we've talked about him before, but no, I don't off the top of my head. His name is Dale Bredesen. B-R-E-D-E-S-E-N. Dr. Dale Bredesen is an Alzheimer's researcher at UCLA, and he's and he's done a lot of uh, studies. He's written a book about it and claims he's made amazing um, 
breakthroughs in the treatment of of uh, dementia. So, um, so I th- I'm sure uh, you know if someone Helmsworth is is reaching out to him now, um, but it's a pretty strict regimen. But certain things are supposedly helpful to prevent uh, or or fight or combat uh, dementia, and those are sleep. It's supposedly very important. Uh, getting a certain amount of sleep, eating a certain way, um, using your brain a certain way, exercise, you know, pretty, pretty routine things at this point in time that we know are good for your health, but are also supposedly good for um, memory and and dementia. Um, and then certain vitamins as well. I think zinc being one of them, but I, I'm not 100% sure because I don't take enough zinc, so I don't remember. Um, that was a joke. Uh <laughs> And and there you go. And every now and then aspirin goes back and forth whether or not aspirin is actually good for memory or or it's bad because of the bleeding risk. And every few years, the pendulum switches back and forth about is aspirin good, is aspirin not good? And so that that's an ongoing debate that happens every few years. Right. And I think that's why Chris Hemsworth came forward with it and why people are choosing to do genetic testing is because I mean, obviously he's like one of the fittest guys ever you can see in Thor, but it's like a reminder for him that he needs probably more sleep. He needs to, you know, spend time with his family. He needs to uh, remember about like his nutrition, his diet, like, yeah, all that. I mean, his exercise routine, which I'm sure is maybe he needs to do less exercise. I don't know. Obviously he does enough exercise, but he wants to think about all those things. He wants other people to know that they can, there are things that they can do. I mean, there's not a cure, but there are things that they can do, like you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And who knows, who knows on the horizon, you know, sometimes um, having celebrities come forward about diseases helps spark and fund research and certainly get funding for research and, and helps push the needle to discovery. So that's right. that's the other great thing that happens when celebrities come forward about their diseases. You know, right. I, I think it's a horrible thing, you know, that Gilda Radner had ovarian cancer and and that women, you know, high profile women come forward about with breast cancer. But I think those are some of the best things about it, because those have um, those women have helped push research and funding to the forefront and and made it so much more important and vital. And I think that's why. Uh, we're we're doing so much better with certain cancers. Yes, um, I agree with you. So Chris Hemsworth, he's apparently on a show we might want to watch. It's called This Is How This All Came Out. He's on National Geographic's Limitless, which is a docu-series. I guess it's not out yet, but in show five, like episode five was part of like the DNA testing. And so that's when a doctor who's running that show kind of gave him that results. But Darren Arnoff, Aronofsky, who's done like Black Swan, uh, Requiem for a Dream. He's a great director. I really like, apparently he's the director of that show, which I thought was cool. So mm-hmm. the doctor, when he got these results, called Darren because he was supposed to give them to him live on TV, you know? And the doctor was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to talk to him privately and just, you know, let him know. And then Chris Hemsworth was like, no, it's okay. I'll be filmed. You know, you can just film me and then we'll just talk about it. So... He called he called the director first. He violated his HIPAA. He violated his privacy. I mean, he called the director first. 
Well, I'm sure they have lots of agreement. I'm sure the legal team is all over it. <laughs> I know, I know. That's an interesting thing. So I guess he gave away his right to privacy after he did those tests to be filmed live. And the doctor just thought that wasn't right to do. Wow. That'll be a good one to watch. Has the show at all come out yet? No, I don't think so. It's, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know when it's going to come out. I, I'll let our audience know, but I think it's coming out soon. I guess that was just recently that uh they filmed episode five maybe i don't know but okay. yeah it's we, need, to like, we need to what we need to put that on our watch list is is yeah. limitless then yeah they supposedly have some keys to longevity so i'll be interested let's see there you go um but speaking of yeah you know like celebrities coming forward before this podcast i just watched a clip of michael j fox um he was just given uh the academy award for like humanitarianism but um so woody harrelson was like the you know presented it to him apparently they're really good friends but it really made me cry and it was really sweet and i mean i didn't realize he was diagnosed with parkinson's when he was 29 years old and he's 61 now so he's been living with it with, for like 32 years and he's been a yeah. champion and according to woody harrelson he's like helped raise a billion dollars for parkinson's research exactly exactly yeah, and he he's one of those rare people to have gotten it at such a young age. That's pretty rare to get it at that young of an age. I know it's so horrible, and the way he handles it with such grace is amazing. Yeah, yeah, good right. stuff, Lauren Taylor. Yeah, so that's all I got. Just get checked. What else? I mean, what is? You got any other advice for men in our last November episode? My my one piece of advice. Um, is don't work too hard. And when you do work, work hard. But the rest of the time, don't work. No, don't work too much. Work hard, but don't work too much. That's my advice. I like it. Cool. Thanks for joining us, everybody at Gross Anatomy. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can check out more episodes on the evolving sights, smells, and sounds of medicine. Gross Anatomy is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.